Today on the ZabeCast, we'd be sniffing azaleas right now at Augusta, but instead we're just dreaming of the faint smell of campfires in the Georgia woods and a nip in the air. A fall masters, Roy Wood Jr. from Lockdown Gotham on the virtual NFL draft, eight-minute TV shows, and is there comedy in a pandemic? All that, plus I've got a few questions about Chip and Joanna Gaines. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Tuesday, April 7, 2020. Thank you for joining me, and good morning, everybody. Morning, my neighbors. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Day 26 of Sports Apocalypse, but we are getting through it. And as Lou Saban, former coach of the Buffalo Bills, once said, You can get it done. You can get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a lot of good inklings, though. Not only did the PGA Tour announce a revamped schedule, which, if it happens, will be bonkers fantastic. Looking forward to it. They have aims as well to begin without fans even earlier, perhaps as early as late May, maybe June. And then you've got little nuggets from around the world, including the Bundesliga in Germany, reopening their training camps and planning on closed-door matches to conclude their season, and the English Premier League is apparently in discussions as well to figure out a way to finish their season behind closed doors or without fans. So these are all just little tiny shoots, little bit of you know green growth of hope, and that's all we can ask for at this time. The Masters in November. Well, well, well. It'll be nippy. If history is any judge, uh, this tweet from Aaron Oberholzer, and he went through last week for the very same week of November at uh, Augusta National, and you had highs of 70, 69, 46, 48, 50, 54, and 64 degrees from Monday through Sunday, with low temps in the high 30s to low 30s each morning. No rain last year at that time, but you never know in this case. It will be a tradition unlike any other. And if it is played, if the, if the major schedule goes off as they have hoped, which is Harding Park PGA in early August, followed by uh, the U.S. Open at Wingfoot in September, followed by the Ryder Cup, which is still in place at Whistling Straits, followed by the Masters in November, mm, 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 would that be something else? As Kyle Porter of CBS Sports said, If all this happens, in 360 days, we're going to get two PGAs, we're going to get two U.S. Opens, we're going to get two Masters, an Open Championship, a Ryder Cup, and an Olympics. Sign me up. But I'm always reminded, like Al Swearingen said in Deadwood, good way to hear God laugh is to announce your plans. So I'm going to keep it a little bit in check. I have reached out preliminarily to my golf course, Bally High, in Vegas, and also to Top Golf to see whether or not we could get together a Zabe Vegas in November. Again, knocking on wood that the world will be upright and spinning, and Vegas will be open as it usually is, the most wonderful place on earth. Can you imagine Masters on top of football, on top of who knows what else is cooking at that point in November? And we would have the Top Golf Zabe Vegas event at noon 
or thereabouts on Saturday in the middle of college football with the middle of round three of the Masters. Oh, my God. Okay, crossing my fingers. I'm zipping my lips. If you want a cautiously optimistic take about what the Masters being rescheduled in November means, Michael Bamberger of Golf.com writes the following. And Bamberger is an excellent writer. He's been around for years. I remember reading Bamberger's original book in which he basically quit whatever job he was doing in his 20s to go be a caddy on the PGA Tour and write about it. It was fascinating. Michael Bamberger writes and under the headline of why a rescheduled Masters is such a positive sign and it has little to do with golf. He writes the following. The Augusta National Golf Club is an immense depository of accumulated wisdom, intelligence, inside information of the legal kind. The club is cautious by nature. uh, Club chairman Fred Ridley would never have made the statement he made that the club intends to have the Masters in November if he didn't think it could happen. Consider some of his resources just within the membership. Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Condoleezza Rice, Rex Tillerson, Roger Goodell. Well, Roger's fucking worthless. Various members from Atlanta, where the Centers for Disease Control is based. It's also not make them out to be that sharp at the moment. Jack Nicholas, Sam Nunn, and Ginny Romady. No matter what your opinion is of any of these people, think of the reach they have. Consider the deliberative nature and the people they know. Augusta National, as an organization, is exceedingly careful and calculating. Of course the club has made missteps over the past 90 years, but it gets most things right. I agree. It would be easy to have more faith in the decision-making ability of the Augusta National Golf Club than the federal government. (laughs) Ring-a-ding-ding. Of course, there's a huge difference between running one tiny private club full of super-rich, mostly white old men versus the United States of America. So that said, the club gets most things right on the basis of careful consideration by applying intelligence and money and forethought to any issue it faces, plus an intense review process as well. Bamberger concludes by saying it's odd and interesting that among pro sport, among majors pro sports, golf has been the slowest to postpone and cancel events. And now it's the first major to announce even the prospect of a return to action. That is in keeping with golf's nature, both in terms of its administration and in actual play. The game doesn't reward getting too high or too low. This has been said before, says Bamberger, the qualities that draw a person to golf are the same qualities that will help us get through this awful, painful, and deadly virus and the slowdown it has wrought. Those qualities, of course, are patience and optimism tempered by realism and experience. You keep at it. You don't quit. There's daylight ahead. You play out, and then you play home. Very well said. All right. Let's see what my man Roy Wood is Jr. Roy Wood Jr. is doing. I have selected this song. For, oops. And not a very good ramp up. Who's zooming who? Come on, Roy. Probably thinks it's spam. Yeah. 
I got Aretha going. Who's zooming who for these Zoom teleconference times we're living in? <laughs> have you uh, have you crashed any Zoom calls? Have you had any Zoom calls crashed, Roy? No, but my son's preschool did add a password. Oh, really? It's like literally, like like the way one of my computer buddies explained it to me, he said Zoom is basically a bunch of hotel rooms, and you have a key. What the way my friend explains it, hacking a Zoom conference call is that I put you inside of a hotel and I give you a room key, and I go, this key opens one of these doors. And you just walk down the hall, scanning, 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 <laughs> and boop, you just walk in. <laughs> Pretty bad security on that. PIN numbers. They're just guessing password numbers, PIN numbers to the Zoom meetings and just waltzing right in. It's funny because as easy as it is to crash a Zoom call, it's still hard for people over 65 to figure out how to use the thing. The best part of all of this that's been happening with all the conferencing is the angles and me just looking in people's homes. I I watch late night television and I just look in people's homes. That's all I'm looking to see. What kind of coffee maker you're working with? What's that weird statue thing? You're too rich. I don't like you anymore. I'm turning back to electronic football. That's that's exactly, Roy, the conversation Scott Lynn and I had today on the show. We said, do you participate in what I call, for lack of a better term, kitchen gawking? Yes. Kitchen now, gawking. I, tell you I like. I like John Legend's setup because he's got a piano. He's made enough money. When you own a piano in your house, that's already a level of opulence. <laughs> that you're just gonna that you just got to do. Do you mean a grand but, piano? Not an upright. I mean, I knew kids that had upright pianos. Of course, they were rented, and they were being forced to take lessons once no, a week at gunpoint. No, he's, Chrissy Pigeon was laying on top of it, wearing pajamas. Like it was, Ooh. it was very nice, Ooh. very nice situation. I, I just, I've opted for the pale white corner. Good in my home, right? In like, my in my New York City apartment, because I just don't want people to see the chaos that's in my home. Right, and if you had a nice kitchen worth gawking at. Would you feel comfortable or would you feel like a douchebag showing off your fancy Kohler fixtures? You know, here, here's the thing, Roy, that tells me you're a rich-ass kitchen snob. When you have one of those weird articulating spigots of water that fills giant pots over your stove. Yeah. You know what that's I'm talking about? industrial emerald. That's Gassieri <laughs> level piping. Yes. Plumbing. Yes, exactly. When I see that, I'm like, yeah, when I see that, I'm like, fuck you. You're too rich. But people, (laughs) but people, people like to sit, you know, I saw Jim Nance do a little four-way Zoom call with uh, his final four partners, uh, you know, uh, Raftery and Tracy Wolfson and Gene Sterator. And of course, Nance was in his wonderful kitchen and his amazing super baller house out on Pebble Beach. And I just think, I wonder if these celebrities think, yeah, this kitchen looks good. I think I'm going to sit right here. Yeah, it's weird how you know people are rich. You've known them their whole lives. You know they have money. But until you see their home, that's when you go, wait a minute, I don't have that in my home. (laughs) Right, because they can hide it otherwise. They can drive a (laughs) not-so-expensive car. (laughs) I love, if if there's one late-night show that I think has done it well, is Conan O'Brien, where, like, 
Conan, whatever background Conan has chosen for his show makes me feel like PBS isn't paying him enough. And yeah. I like want to text him and like, hey man, you know you could ask for more money. Don't <laughs> do that to yourself. Conan's great. But I don't know what the hell's going on at Conan's house, but it's yeah. funny. Him and Andy is great. All right, you're doing all right. I see you on social with your with your son. He's chipping in with some posts. I love it. How old is your son? Uh, he'll be four next month, uh, and it's it's going okay. Um, you know, speaking of Zoom calls to preschool, he has a his a nine a.m. conference call. You want you want chaos? Chaos is eight unmuted three-year-olds <laughs> all trying to shut up at the same time for story time. And if one of them pulls out an apple slice or some snack, all the other kids think they deserve a snack at the same time. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like indie racing, man. If one car goes into the pits, everybody else needs a pit just to take advantage of it. Yeah. So is, so do you guys do you guys I want to know can you at least go down to street level and take one walk around the block a day or are you literally I think that's reasonable. Have you done that? That's reasonable, you know, but you know we're we're like almost in Harlem and it's just weird because certain blocks take the quarantine more seriously than other blocks. Right. If that makes sense. And so you know, our block seems to be okay. And uh, we take him out on the scooter. Here's what I didn't appreciate about preschool until quarantine is that the amount of energy that preschool forces your kids to burn off <laughs> so that they go to bed on time. He's, yeah. come, he, like, he's waking up all day. He's only spending a quarter tank of gas. Well, I need him to burn a full tank. But we got to take him out like a jet, just burn fuel doing loops around the parking lot on a scooter so that he'll be tired enough to go to bed on time. Because preschool is very stimulating. You know, you're going, you're getting out of the car, you're seeing kids who are your peers, you're interacting, you're raising your energy level, you're playing with toys, you're listening to your teacher, you're being told to do this, that, the other. A lot of stimulus that goes into it that drains that battery. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, it's been it's been okay. You know, I'm not going to go, oh, it's great. Thankfully, Daily Show is still in there, so we're still making a show. So if I'm needed, I got enough cameras and mics where I can keep off and still justify. Oh, you still there, Roy? Hold on. Hello, hello. Oh, sorry. I hit mute on my own cheek. Ah, sorry about that. That's okay. It's a cheek so, mute. So... Here's here's my number one question to you. Is there comedy in a pandemic? Are there routines to be had, jokes, are sets to be developed, or do we need to get through this and have it not be too totally horrific when it's all said and done? I think that it's a slide into this is something morbid to say, but this is what I really feel. I think that... Um, the sliding scale of comedy, what's acceptable, will be based on the body count. Right. The more people that are affected by this, the fewer people they're going to be willing to laugh at anything that's COVID-related, anything remotely in the, in the orbit of the tragedy. I still think, however, there's always going to be comedy. If you're sharp enough and witty enough, you can thread the needle 
And because some people, you know, comedians are just the type that, you know, we just have to laugh at it. We just have to. It's not out of disrespect to anything. There's just a certain part. Like, I, I had a great laugh two days ago because my family called. Well, no, my family emailed. I got an email from my family letting us know that we are considering pushing back our July family reunion. Considering. <laughs> considering. The Olympics is canceled. NBA is canceled. Baseball is stuck. But, oh, yes, the Jones family reunion. Shall we still meet in Memphis and enjoy barbecue two feet apart from each other? Stay tuned. So, so are you saying they should have already canceled it or that? Yeah. Oh, okay. What is that to consider? Well, so, but to me, that's funny. Like, that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. And, that, and that's safe enough away from the tragedy itself. There's right. a lot of bad decisions being made. There's a lady in the grocery store. There's a picture going around of a woman wearing a scuba outfit. Saw it. Complete with snorkel and goggles. Okay, that's funny. That's dumb. You're, you're crazy. To me, that's funny. There's just, you know, things that you learn about yourself and observe when you have a lot of quiet time. And I realize that I know, I know people who have guns. I don't know the right gun owners. Like everyone knows gun owners, but you need to know the, the government's coming to get us coming to my bunker type gun owner. And that's not what I know. I know the guys who have a pistol and eight bullets and you're, you're not ready. Like anyone that's, that shooting guns in the air on New Year's Eve, like like those people aren't serious. They're wasting ammo. They yeah. would know better. Right, right, right. And right. my circle of friends has been exposed in this. Yeah, I think there's uh, I think there's definitely sports jokes, but you got to tread lightly because you just don't know the full scope of it. The the one good joke I heard was, you know what? We just need to get to coronavirus's bullpen, and then we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said that's creative. That's a good one. I like that. It's just what's, what I've decided to do though with humor is try to wait till a lot of this passes before I really start trying to figure out what to do on stage. Because the thing that's really scary is that the joke, like we're like in literally like an eight-hour news cycle of that now, and some like I look back at stuff that we've done on TV in the last two months, and there are a lot of jokes that we wouldn't make today. Funny just how because, that is. Yeah. Yeah, things have, things are moving very fast. So I just don't want to be the guy next week getting you know getting getting shit because of some joke I told this week. So yeah. we'll wait. Exactly. All right, uh, let's talk about this NFL virtual draft. It's almost like your average fantasy football draft. So I want to know if a team is going to be a prototype of certain guys you know from fantasy. Like, no, that guy has already been drafted, guy or. Hey, how come I got logged out guy or the pause the draft? That was not who I meant to pick guy. Oh, that'll be nice. I think pause the draft. That's not who I meant to pick will be the Browns for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think, I think the Browns are going to be the one, Um, you know, I, I, if, if you had told me a month ago, that I would be excited about some of this nonsense. I would have, I would have like tried to fight you. Sure. But I'm so starved for sports, man. I like think... I remember, I remember like going to church as a child and like going to black church. So you're just there forever. You get there at eight 30 in the morning. Cause your grandma plays the piano. 
she's got to play piano for both services. And like, I would get to church at 8.30, and I remember around 2 o'clock, my grandma would reach in her purse, and she would find an old peppermint from three years ago, and that shit tasted like butter. <laughs> That's what the NFL draft is right now. A peppermint. It's a lint-covered, <laughs> yes. cracked. We'll take it. The shards that cut the roof of your mouth peppermint, but it tastes so good, and I can't wait. Yeah. It will be good, and it'll really prove to a lot of these NFL teams, all your fancy war rooms and your fucking big boards, they aren't needed. You know who the good players are in the draft. You've been scouting them all fall in college. You got tape. You got measurements. Just shut up and pick one. You're not that sophisticated. Yeah, just do like baseball. Good news. We drafted some people you ever you've never heard of. Anyway, moving on. You know how desperate I am for sports? Huh. I've been watching I've been watching the simulation football league. Are you into the SFL? No, do tell. I've sent you the league. I've I just sent you the link to your phone. Okay. It's basically it's like Twitch. It's it's some it's a hybrid. It's not Madden, but it's some sort of it's what, arcade. It's video game football. What game is it? If it's not Madden, it's, I don't know. It's simulation football, Dave. It's some weird video game engine. It's clearly PC, but oh, I'm looking like at watching, it right now. Yeah, they've got weird like logos, watching, weird teams like the hyenas. This is Seattle versus Houston. Uh, the hyenas versus the tyrants. <laughs> I do love funny, <laughs> stupid-ass names for games. Oh, here, it's an hour and 44 minutes, so. Seattle is under center, second and five. Louie and Dula fires it out to the man. Listen, listen to that nerd calling yeah, the play-by-play. Play. They just play-by-play play and call it commentary. It's almost like a knockoff Madden. It's almost like uh, like the Pop-Tarts exactly. the one mom would get from the store that have no frosting. And are the generic ones, you're like, these aren't really Pop-Tarts, but I'll eat them. Yeah, it's like when you wanted Madden, but your mom brought home professional football stars, <laughs> 94. That's right, because it was way cheaper. Back to throw fires down the field, got a man wild, Ben. It's oddly entertaining, Holy and I would have never shit. watched it in any other time. I have no idea what the ratings are. The hyenas? The, the hyenas versus the tyrants. I'm a fan yeah. of the Sioux Falls. Sparrows. <laughs> of course, not you the are. Ravens. The, sp- the Sparrows. <laughs> uh, apparently, they showed a logo for 2K Sports. So maybe this is the 2K platform, and people have customized the jerseys. So, in other words, maybe it's a skinned version of the 2K engine. Right. I'll ask my nerd. I'll ask my video game nerd charge about it. Speaking of video games. Did you see where Bubba Wallace rage quit the iRacing race over the weekend? He quit and then went on Twitter and then clarified that the iRage quit. Yeah. Well, he said, he's like, this, this is stupid. He's like, this is stupid. That's why I don't take this shit seriously. And he's like, peace out. And then he lost a sponsor, Blue Emu, because he didn't like him quitting. So I guess his arthritis cream is no longer coming in the mail. <laughs> I bet he takes the next race theory. I, if he's not out of the league already. So it reminded me, and I rage quit a game online with my producer, Josh, of Rocket League for PS4. 
You ever played Rocket oh, yeah. League? Run around, shoot each other, and all. It's like Call of Duty, but wackier weapon. No, no, it's no Rocket, like no it. Rocket League. Roy is soccer with souped-up race cars. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's almost like arena league, but it's it's, but it's fast and furious meets soccer. Exactly, and and you think it's stupid at first, and then you quickly become addicted because it's it's hard, and you got to figure out how to do things right. But anyway, he had a, he had a trick where he could on the face-off. After every goal, get to the ball first, and he would poof, punch it into my goal pretty much three straight times in a row. And I just unplugged the controller. I said, Good night, I'm going to bed. <laughs> it brought me back the, to being in college where I'd turn the machine off in anger. The last rage quit I ever had was NBA Live 95. There's a glitch in the game for Sega Genesis where Dennis Rodman can shoot a turnaround fadeaway three pointer from the logo. And it goes in 48 out of 50 times. <laughs> and I was I was trailing by 90 at the half, and I just lost it. Right. And just, uh, it's you, so unfair. Do you remember the uh, Family Guy double dribble episode? No. Like do, you, do you remember the video game double dribble? Double dribble. Exactly. And you knew that there was a glitch in the game where – you could shoot corner threes and basically never miss. And Family Guy did this hilarious riff on it. Take a listen. Well, Cleveland, it's good to have you back, buddy. It's good to be back. Hanging with Jerome was fun, but my best friends are right here in this room. Hey, to celebrate, how about we play a little old-school double dribble? Okay, but no stupid-ass shots from the corner, because that's a glitch in the software. Game on! <laughs> Does the music bring you back, Roy? Oh, no, that's what I'm talking about. Steal. Up, corner three. All right, here we go. I got something cooking. Oh, you dropped something. I think I'll head over in this direction. Corner three. It's around. <laughs> it's so funny. Video games are hilarious. Someone. Oh, I would fight somebody if they did that to me. Uh, I, I still haven't played uh, 2K. NBA 2K, everybody raves about it, but it's just, it's too much to learn. Like somebody was telling me, like, you pick your character, he goes to the park, and he has to get better at the park, and then he gets drafted, and then he has to work his way onto the team. And like, at what point do these games become so realistic? You just have to work out issues with your greedy relatives asking for money. Oh like, my. It's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that realistic, huh? Imagine if I, they I, baked into the game going to clubs managing some of your posse members, dealing with family, dealing with agents. I mean, that would be really deep. It may as well. They <laughs> may as well. It's, it's, it's basically combined the Sims with NBA 2K. Because supposedly you have to be a good teammate. Like, that's something that matters. What? Well, then yeah. well then Russell Westbrook's, uh, his teammate rating is probably a four out of a hundred. <laughs> But he's a 98 overall. <laughs> right. His skill set is a 98. All right. Before we wrap it up today, I wanted to ask you about this new thing called Quibi. A only, yes. to, only to mobile, 8 to 12 minute maximum length TV shows. I put that in air quotes because you can't get it on anything but your phone. It's nine ninety nine a month. And there's a hard limit of if you go longer than I think maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, that's it. The max. 
They put $2 billion into this. They're putting a huge gamble on this is going to be the next big way to watch, quote, TV. Your thoughts? Uh, It remains to be seen. They're throwing a lot of money at it. Um, But that don't mean it's going to work. They threw a lot of money at Netscape Navigator, too. Who knows? (laughs) Would you um, would you do a show for Quibi? Have your, yeah. Has I, your agent me, reached out saying, you know, well, uh, Roy tried, has some ideas. I'd to get some stuff over there, but, you know, I'm still down Comedy Central team, so, you know, I can't sneak and leave. It's game okay. warfare. It's time to go to another, Got it. another platform. But Quibi basically boils down to, as it was explained to me by some of my friends who have stuff greenlit over there, it's YouTube with better stars, better cameras, and better scripts. So you already watch web like what Quibi is doing. You already watch. Think about what you watch online already. You watch little sketches. You watch little shorts. They're all under five minutes. Somebody shot it in low light with an iPhone six. Right. So Quibi's going. What if we did the same thing but with better cameras and people you actually recognize? Would you watch then? Well, I think it may happen. I think there's potential for it. And you know the show, Roy, that is perfect for Quibi. You know what it is. The Chicken Coalition. Oh, yeah, we got to bring it back. Bro, bro, seriously, the funniest shit I've ever seen. I watched those. I shared them with people. I said, look at this. This is fucking great. It's the Sopranos, yet over chicken sandwiches. Chicken, chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Here's my biggest regret. My biggest regret, in order to force myself into write other, into writing other things, I, put, I left all of the sandwich wrappers at my mom's house in Alabama. Because the garage scene is at my mom's house in Alabama. <laughs> and and so I don't have the rappers anymore, so I can't shoot anymore. And then the other issue no! is that trying to get trying to get legal clearances. Like I, I knew I was never going to be able to get like Burger King to sign off on the fact that their sandwich is a traitorous sandwich that hates all the other chicken yes! sandwiches. Yes. I thought I would have been able to. Oh my God! Here we go with Popeye's chicken. I started the chicken sandwich. Ain't supposed to be a chicken sandwich sold without somebody in this coalition. I need answers. How does someone that's not in the coalition get some of the best damn chicken on the block? Burger King. You know something? I don't know what's going on in these streets. I've been working on an incredible WAP all summer. Come on. Dude, this is this is born to be an eight minute a week episodic show the it's, chicken coalition damn it roy it's so insane damn it's it so roy. Insane. and now i can't leave the house to go get all the rappers that I well we'll 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 figure something out for you all right Indeed. look as always roy stay safe and great to talk to you and uh just continue doing what you do brothers Very lucky, to, best, brother. lucky that you pick up the phone for me thank you bud right. see you bud there you go All right, I'm going to end on this today. I need somebody who knows TV show DIY or not DIY. I need to I need to know somebody that really knows HGTV. Please email me, Zabe at Yahoo.com. I got questions about Chip and Joanna Gaines and Fixer Upper. 
Mainly, that is, I want to know, okay, incredible makeovers, big, massive, substantial makeovers. They'll gut a house, they'll change the inside, and it's so wonderfully done with the shiplap and the distressed barn wood and all that other shit. And every time you watch an episode of that show, not only are you struck by how likable and wholesome and wonderful they are as a couple and how alluringly sexy Joanna is and just what a dreamy fella, what a guy's guy Chip is. But you're struck by, wait a minute, you're buying that house for 175000 and you're putting a hundred grand into it, and it looks like this at the end. And they always say, "Well, we've done a new estimate. You're already fifteen thousand dollars in positive equity." Everyone in America who lives in a much more expensive place looks at that and says, "Holy shit! What? what how do I do that? Like, are there companies? Question: Are there companies that replicate the Chip and Joanna Gaines refurbishment thing at their prices?" where you can get a house for a couple hundred grand and then really take it to the next level? Or is that just, are are there budgets, are there prices for the renovation ridiculous? Like you can't get that done yourself for that amount of money. Just no way. Or another question, what is there to do in Waco, Texas? (laughs) If you say, that's a great house, I love that, I'd like to live there. Okay, here's the catch. You have to live now in Waco, Texas. No, no offense, but I bet it gets hot as shit in the summer. I bet aside from the few nice little beauty shots around town that they bump back with, eh, Waco, Texas may not be the most picturesque or idyllic place to live. Who knows? I got questions. Maybe you've got answers. Email me, Zabe, at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you join me on Fridays, uh, the numbers have been fantastic for the Zabecast, even during the coronavirus lockdown. That either means, A, you're downloading, but you're not listening, or B, I'm still doing a good job of entertaining, despite the fact that sports are gone. I miss it as much as Roy. I miss it as the soundtrack to my life and your life. I miss it as the common language. We get to talk to each other about things, and it's coming back. It's it's coming back. We just got to stick in, stick with it, hang in there, and be patient. It will come. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.